is a Woodside Church podcast. But Martin, you're welcome to bring out the word of God. Thank you, Samuel. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. Well, good morning, everyone. Do you know the expression where angels fear to tread? I feel God is here. I feel God has spoken. And I hope this is uh, part of the picture that God has for. I believe it is. But I do, you know, just resonate with all that has already been shared and prophesied. Uh, it's wonderful to be together. Let's just pray for a show. Pray God to continue to lead us. God, we thank you for your passion for us. We don't get it, Lord. But you love us so much. And you are for us so much. And you are with us so much. I thank you, God, that nothing will withhold your passion and your goodness and your blessing to us. We thank you that nothing will separate us from your love. We thank you that we have an eternity promised in you. We thank you, God, that you have poured out your Holy Spirit upon us. And we're living, yes, in these, these days that have tension, these days that aren't, aren't the fulfillment of your kingdom, these days that, that have trials and challenges. But, Lord, we have you with us and your presence is with us and your kingdom is pressing in and bursting into our lives. And we thank you that we are those. I trust all of us. But if not, yet, yeah, maybe some today. We thank you for those that can say we know Jesus, we know his love personally, we know his grace to us. We thank you that you saved us. Thank you that we do have an eternity with you and we pray, God, would you continue to speak to us. Help us to have our visions full of you this morning. Clear the fog, we pray, so we be able to see you, Jesus, and run with you with such clarity in our lives, we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. 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 Okay, we are, uh, sorry, good morning to you. My name's Martin. If I haven't said hello to you, you don't know me. Uh, uh, We're looking at a new series today. We're beginning uh, looking at one of the letters in the New Testament, uh, one of two letters written by a man called Peter. So it's the first letter that uh, he wrote. uh, And Peter is writing to a group of believers to encourage them to spur them on to trust God, to continue to be obedient to him. He's pointing to what Christ has done already. He's addressing and recognising and acknowledging that they are experiencing real suffering and trials. He is conveying to them in multiple ways that he wants them to be strong in Jesus. And so we're talking about living strong today. These are people that, uh, uh, as far as we know, never knew Christ themselves. They're living in times after the life, death and resurrection of Jesus. But they are longing for the age to come. And they're living in a context really not terribly dissimilar to our own, as we will see as we get into this, where they are trying to navigate different challenges. Even the environment they find themselves in is a place where they feel quite detached from different values, different contexts, uh, and uh, Peter speaks right into their situation and so helpfully into our situation. In some respects, it feels like these people are not sure whether they're coming or going. There's an awful lot going on, and I think we can identify with so much of what they are experiencing. 
I don't know if you've ever known those moments where you're thinking, I don't really understand what's going on. Uh, certainly, life feels like that at the moment sometimes, doesn't it? Uh, the last few days has particularly felt like that for me as I have been baptised. I've been baptised into the world of Marvel Comics. <laughs> and I'm a changed man as a result. So I've avoided Marvel movies and Marvel comics for years. Uh, there are a few Marvel fans in the room, aren't there, I think? Yes. Maybe? So thank you, Gary Smith. There's one Marvel fan. That's not true. I, I know there's many. There's, there's the, the whole Andrews family are... Uh, Marvel experts, so I, I'm also, you know, in fear and trepidation talking about this, but the last three days I've seen three Spider-Man movies. Uh, yes, I know. Uh, the, yesterday we had our, our two daughters and their husbands were with us. We didn't see them over Christmas, so we had our, our Christmas day yesterday, really, which was so nice. And uh, Becky, my youngest, said to me a few days ago, Dad, I think we need to go and see the Spider-Man 3 movie on Saturday evening altogether. I thought, OK, fine. He says, but you've got to see Spider-Man 1 and 2 first. And when I say Spider-Man 3, it's, it's the new Spider-Man. If you, uh, I, just, I do know my stuff. You know. So it's the new Spider-Man uh, triplet. And so we saw it last night. No, I saw the first one, and that was, oh, my goodness, I'm just getting my head around the Spider-Man world. And uh, then it was explained to me between Spider-Man 1 and 2, there'd been two massive Avenger movies. Doesn't mean anything to most of you, does this? I can tell. This is how I felt. That's the point, is I'm being immersed into this world. And I don't really know what's going on. I'm trying to get my reference points. And then I saw Spider-Man 1. There was two Avenger movies that was talked through me when the whole world and the whole universe was turned upside down. And then we saw Spider-Man 2 and then Spider-Man 3. And I come back a changed man, still utterly confused, if I'm honest. <laughs> it's completely bonkers, but it was great fun. Can I hear an amen? <laughs> People we're looking at, <laughs> they're in a world that they're trying to navigate. And you can tell by, the, by what Peter says in these opening verses that he is trying to help them to find reference points to help them to know what's going on in their lives. It's a bit like being immersed in the Marvel movies and thinking, oh my goodness, I'm not quite sure what's going on. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 1 to 12, 12 is amazing how much territory it covers. And we do our best at getting through some big fascinating, helpful topics. But verse 12, the last part of what we're going to look at, has, a, has, a, has a, an amazing phrase to it. And it goes like this. It is all so wonderful, what we're going to look at. It is all so wonderful that even the angels are eagerly watching these things. So the verses we're going to look at Climaxes in that verse. What is so wonderful that Peter is going to unpack and explain how to live in the Marvel comic universe equivalent. It's so wonderful that angels are looking in. Thinking, my goodness, look at how this is outworking in the lives of believers who never met Jesus. And longing for the age to come when all sickness and disease and death and pain will be removed. Longing for that day, but yet is bringing such revelation, such description of what it's like to live in days like ours that angels are looking in. It's amazing, isn't it? 
angels are looking in on us today. I grew up in the 80s, and there was a, a, a female singer called Amy Grant. And she sang a song called Angels Watching Over You, Every Step You Take. I thought, wow, I loved the song, but I didn't know what it was about. But it's describing the way that salvation is worked out with believers, that angels are just looking in. That's what we're looking at today. 1 Peter 1, verse 1 to 12, begins like this. This letter is from Peter. This letter is from Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. Now, in when letters were wrote in those days, they, they didn't put their names at the end of the letter. They declared who they were while, at the beginning of their letters. That's why Peter declares. I sometimes do that in a text. I notice if I'm sending a text message to someone who I don't often text, I say, hi, it's Martin Tibbet here. I normally say it's Martin brackets Tibbet here. Uh, and just because just, I'm going to say something and they're going to scroll to the end to try and see who on earth has sent me this. And so I, I sort of introduce myself beforehand. I don't say Martin, an apostle of Christ Jesus, but, <laughs> but, I do, but Peter introduced himself, so that's who I am. He used to be known as the, the apostle to the Jews, but actually his ministry by now has expanded, and so it's, he's an apostle of Jesus Christ, is the way he describes himself. Peter, some of you, probably many of you will know, was one of the very earliest, very first followers of Jesus. He was a fisherman, very ordinary man really, but a businessman. Uh, and he had a remarkable story. I think many of us love Peter because he messed up good and proper loads of times. Uh, he made some of the biggest mistakes, and we also some of the, see the most wonderful restorations in where Jesus said, no, I do love you, and I do welcome you, and I am for you, and you're coming with me, and all those things. He even denied Jesus. He said he wouldn't. He said, oh, everyone else will leave you, Jesus, but not I, says Peter. And then the same evening, he denied Jesus three times. It's very helpful to remind us, this is the person writing this letter. He messed up big and proper. Now, now you and I may not, we may have done, but we may not have denied Jesus. But we may know that deep down, we haven't been as faithful in times in our lives that we might wish we had been. So that would be my story. But we, like Peter, can know that we can know God as our Father in heaven and be reassured today, if you know you've stumbled, then it's okay. Peter, just the fact that Peter's writing this letter says that it's okay because there's restoration, there's forgiveness, there's Jesus saying, no, come on, come with me. There's repentance and there's all those things. But it's wonderful that we have Peter, that type of Peter, who announces he's now an apostle in Jesus Christ. And he's going to describe what I've called three ways to try and summarise this, three ways of how we live strong and keep strong in Christ, how we keep strong in Christ. The first one is this. We are living as foreigners. We are living as foreigners continues in verse 1 and 2. I'm writing to God's chosen people who are living as foreigners. Some uh, translations use the word aliens. 
you know the expression being alienated. You know, it's, it's not little green men, you know, it's that type of aliens. Uh, this is describing believers as exiles. So we can often talk about the Old Testament and the people of God were exiles and all, and, and all of what that meant. But actually in the New Testament we see that same dynamic for the believers. They're foreigners in the provinces of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia and Bithynia. This is part of northern, northeastern Turkey, really. Current, present-day Turkey. Then Paul writes, God the Father knew you and chose you long ago. And his spirit has made you holy. As a result, you have obeyed him and have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. May God give you more and more grace and peace. See, Paul is introducing to them that they belong to another kingdom. They're foreigners where they are. Where they live is not their home. It's like being in a Spider-Man universe and not really understanding what's going on. He's saying that's what we are. We're foreigners. We're aliens. We're, we're people who are in exile. We belong to another kingdom. Other verses in the Bible talk about being citizens of heaven. A number of us probably know what it's like to be foreigners. If you are not born in the UK, but you now live in the UK, you know what it feels like to be someone who lived in, was born in a different environment, different nation, different culture, now you find yourself living in the UK. And, I mean, the English are quite strange, actually. We're quite strange, have you noticed? You don't have to shout that out, but we are. Samuel, it's true, aren't we? We have our little quirks. Things like, we're very, mostly, we're very polite. We're very polite, sometimes. But often it means we're polite to the point where we don't really say what we're really thinking very clearly. It can all be, yeah, and, and so, so there's interesting traits in the culture. There's many others. There's some good things as well, I'm sure. But it, 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 that feeling of being a foreigner in an environment is, is something that Paul's tapping into. He says, you're a foreigner. It's like being someone who's living in a nation they didn't grow up in, they don't really understand their culture. I remember Dawn and I have been to West Africa many times. And we've, uh, when we went, first time went to Lagos in the airport, there was many people who looked like us. But when we got out into the city of Lagos, we were the only white people. I mean, the people were lovely, but we were the only white people we saw for a week. That was a... I'd never experienced that before. It was good for me, you know, to experience that. To feel that sense of, I'm a foreigner here. As I say, the people were lovely, but I could tell that I was different. Paul is saying that we live as foreigners because we are known and chosen by God. He explains in verse 2 why we're foreigners. He says, we're known and chosen by God long ago. It means we're adopted into his family means we're loved by the Father. It was his initiative to us. He talks about us being made holy by, made holy by the Spirit, that sort of transforming power. It's not just a, it, you are holy because of what Christ has done. It's talking about the, the, what we would call sanctification, the ongoing work of the Holy Spirit in a believer's life. 
That's part of why we feel like foreigners, because God is alive in us. It means the culture and the values around us don't rub well with what the Spirit of God is trying to do in our lives. It talks us being cleansed in the blood of Jesus. It's because it's about grace, not works. It's not about performance. It's about who Jesus is. It's wonderful truths that, that Paul is weaving in in verse 2. And these are reasons why he says you are foreigners because God has done a work in you. Peter, who did I say, Paul? I'm sure Paul said it somewhere, didn't he? I'm glad someone was listening, thank you. The thing is, though, we have an ongoing challenge, don't we, of living in a culture which feels like it's changing more and more and more away from biblical values than ever before. And it feels like we have two options. We either assimilate, so two things going on. We can assimilate too much into the culture around. And I think Paul's concerned about that. Sorry, Peter's concerned about that. (laughs) Peter is concerned about that. Or we can feel so disorientated is that we just don't know where we really belong. We don't understand what's going on. And so Paul, Peter is trying to say, sorry, Peter is trying to say, you need to be anchored in your knowledge that the Father chose you. The Spirit is intimately working in your lives and you're cleansed by Jesus. And this isn't just a, just a, a comment about the Spirit. Sometimes you know, we can be preoccupied with power encounters and it includes that. It's more talking about that intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit. The, the, the step-by-step, walking in step with the Spirit. Sometimes we, churches, Christians, we overemphasize the wow power thing. Whereas actually so much of this is daily walking with God. If you've got a smartphone or mobile phone in your hand or your pocket, could you take it out for me? I think I'm going to take longer on this point than any others, but I just feel I should. It's not often a preacher says, get your phone out, is it? Let's be honest. I am told... I read, <laughs> there's probably some experts that are going to tell me I'm wrong, that there's something called trilateration. And trilateration is the technique that is used when we locate our sort of GPS location. So trilateration, if you open up your maps, you know, on the, on a, it gives you a spot where you are, you know, if you've got a smartphone. Well, trilateration is the process where your phone connects with three different satellites to find the... Thank you, Jeff, for nodding your head. He's a clever man. He's a rocket scientist, basically. Uh, And so three... Oh, of course, you sent most of the satellites into space. I realise why you're nodding now, Jeff. And trilateration is the process where a smartphone connects with three satellites, and that's how it it finds our location. That's how it finds where it is anchored. We have, according to Paul, three, a trilateration, if you like, three ways he's saying, look, you're foreigners, so you need to know where you're anchored. And you're anchored in knowing that you're chosen by the Father. You're intimately involved and walking with the Holy Spirit and you're cleansed by the blood of Jesus. Do you understand? So every time you grab your phone this week, try and think of trilateration or at least think of God the Father, God the Holy Spirit and God the Son working in our lives. And if you feel that you are 
moving towards assimilating to the culture and the values around you. And you're thinking, I'm going that way a bit. Or you're just feeling lost. You think, I don't know where I belong. This is the answer. This is the answer. So when we heard uh, about a sense of fog and looking for vision, fresh vision, and, and that, I love the way Ruth talked about how God wants to be involved in the detail. This is what it looks like for us to walk in the, with God, with him in the detail of our lives. Amen? Amen. Let's move on as our, I won't get through anything. Secondly, we are living with great expectation. Amen. We're living with great expectation. We're encouraged, aren't we, to live in the moment uh, and not be distracted by phones and things. Live in the moment, be in the moment. But actually, this is about being in the future. This is about living with great expectation of what's to come. Verse 3 says this, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we've been born again because God raised Jesus from the dead. Now, now we live with great expectation and we have priceless inheritance. Priceless inheritance. An an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. And through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive this salvation, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. So be truly glad. Therefore, so there is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold through your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honour on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. You love him even though you have never seen him. Though you do not see him now, you trust him and you rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. The reward for trust in him will be the salvation of your souls. We've been born again, Peter's saying. There's a priceless inheritance. We have a great expectation. We have God working today, we know. God working powerfully in our lives today. But he's pointing to something that is to come. He actually talks about salvation in these verses. He talks about that salvation has happened, salvation is happening, and salvation will happen. There's this, there's this threefold expression of salvation in the lives of a believer. These are the sort of things that angels are looking in on, looking at how we're outworking our trust in God. And even the fact that we're here today is an example that you and I, our faith is alive and active and at work, working out our salvation in God. If someone's watching on the video which we'll go out this week, it means that their faith is alive and at work as they work out their salvation in God. And Peter encourages us that the reward to come the inheritance to come will far outweigh what we experience in this life. 
And we just have to believe that. It's truth. And even though sometimes what is happening around us can be of great discomfort and great cost, the Bible promises that as we trust in him, the reward for trusting him will be the salvation of our souls and there's inheritance for us. Hallelujah. But thirdly and importantly, we are also living with God's protection. Peter continues, he says this, and through your faith, there's a number of times he uses this expression, your faith, your faith, your faith. And through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive this salvation, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. So be truly glad. Be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. These verses keep mentioning trials and challenges that clearly the first recipients were experiencing. Living as foreigners in a land where we feel we don't truly belong is a trial in itself. There's challenge, there's suffering. Sadly, there's persecution that many believers around the world experience. And in part, we begin to see things like that in our nation as well. But it's through our faith that we know the protecting power of God. I love the way the NIV puts it. It says, through faith we are shielded by God's power. And the message says, God is keeping careful watch over us. As we hang on to God in the midst of challenge and trial, our faith grows and we come out stronger as a result. Early on, I remember talking with some others, and my prayer has been throughout this whole saga that we would come out stronger than we went in. That's how the Bible describes what a trial does to us, is actually we are strengthened in it. We want to come out stronger as believers as a result of all that we've gone through. And then we go to the final verses in verse 10. When Peter says this, this salvation was something even the prophets wanted to know more about. These are the prophets from the Old Testament wanted to know more about when they prophesied about this gracious salvation prepared for you. They wondered what time or situation the Spirit of Christ within them was talking about when he told them in advance about Christ's sufferings and his great glory afterwards. So describing the Old Testament prophets, wondering when is this great salvation to come about? And in verse 12, they were told that their messages were not for themselves, but for you and for me. And now this good news has been announced to you by those who preach in the power of the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. It is all so wonderful that even the angels are eagerly watching these things happen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We are living as foreigners. We are living with great expectation and we're living with God's protection today. That's the wonderful salvation that you and I have been called to be a part of. That's what our faith is anchored in. And out from that base, we can do everything. <laughs> and we, we need fear nothing because he has and is with us. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's stand together. Let's pray.
Let's pray together, shall we? Let's just respond in our hearts. God's been speaking throughout this morning about, right from the beginning, be thou our vision. Be thou our vision. Clear the fog away. Lord, we invite you to be in the detail of our lives. Lord, I pray for for us. I pray for all those represented as part of the Woodside family. Pray for those on the Great Denham site meeting now. Lord, we pray that we would be truly and completely anchored in you. Lord, we recognise, and maybe in a new, deeper way, we are understanding what it feels like to be a foreigner, to be an alien. Lord, help us to realise that our citizenship is in the UK, but it's actually our primary citizenship is in heaven. Lord, that changes everything. It changes our expectations. It changes our understanding of what's going around us. It changes our priorities. I pray, Lord, that we would be reminded even now that you chose us before time, that you named us, that you said, I want you to be part of my family. Lord, that we're part of this living community. We're not to be isolated. Uh, We're not to give in to individualism, which is around us and so strong. We're to be this family that is chosen by you and united together in your son. Lord, we welcome the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Lord, Spirit, would you lead us? Would you speak to us? Would you daily be with us? Lord, would we grow increasingly in fellowship with you, Spirit? And Jesus, we thank you that because of your life, death, and your resurrection, the slate has been wiped clean. And we are purified because of you. We are purified in you. We thank you that it's about grace we're saved, not works. We thank you that it's never going to be, and it's never been about our performance and our practices. It's all about our relationship with you. We pray, Lord, as we navigate these coming weeks and months and our lives ahead, Lord, we pray that these things would be at the forefront of, of our walk with you. We thank you for your eternal word that brings life and instruction into how we navigate our lives today. And we want to be obedient to that. I pray that we would respond with faith in light of all that we've heard today. And that we would grow stronger in you. Even trials would produce good fruit in us. We pray that we would be those that would be stronger out of this whole awful two years. That we would know you closer and we'd be stronger with you and with your people. We ask this for the glory of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. You have been listening to a Woodside Church podcast. For more information, visit woodsidechurch.com.